This morning we're going to look at come to the fountain. If you will stand for the reading of the word, we're going to read starting in verse 1. And it starts out and says, ho, it's a call. Everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. And that he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me, and hear, and, hear, and your soul shall live. Jump down to verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are are your ways my ways saith the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts for as the rain cometh down and as the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Come to the fountain. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We, Lord, we know that you make abundantly available this morning, God, an overflow of your presence and spirit. And God, you just say one thing. It's a come. Just come and tap into it. Come and partake. Lord, it's right there. Lord, it's available to you and I. Oh, Lord, that we can just dip right in, that we can participate, that we can, God, that we can dig right down into the Lord, the depths of your presence and spirit. God, I pray that you would give us a hunger. You would give us a desire. You would open up this reading. And God, anoint this preacher who without you can do nothing, oh God. And that, Lord, you would minister to us in this altar today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come to the fountain. Come to the fountain. These words is is a picture. It shows us. And you all, many of you all be able to relate. And I can tell you. That in our lives, that there is no way that we will ever find the satisfaction. We will never find the contentment. We will never find what we're truly looking for. As a sinner, we just keep trying everything that we try, everything to satisfy our souls. But within us, uh, there is no way to satisfy. I was thinking this morning, I was thinking about how we try to plug things into our life to make us content. But they never do. I remember, I remember as a sinner all the things that I tried. And even though you thought, well, this has got to do it. Boy, this has got to be what I'm looking for. But it left you empty, in, in, uh, uncontent. And so you knew until you finally turned your heart and life to the Lord. I was thinking this morning in my basement, I probably have uh, four or five through the years different types of drills. 
and electric drills, and, and some, many of you guys know what I'm talking about. You'll have, you, you know, started back when they was uh, uh, 10 or 12 volt, and then, they, oh, they come out with 16, and then now they got 20s or 24s or, or whatever, and, you, and, and after a while, you up, upgrade your equipment. So I've got all these chargers, I've got all these batteries, I've got all these different types of drills. But if I take one of my new drills that I've got, and I've got, I've got a couple of different kinds I, I like, and then I've got, and I've got some good batteries for them, but if I take one of the drills and I go get one of the other batteries that wasn't made for it and I try to plug it in, it can be charged up, it can be fully ready to go, but it will not mate with that drill and you will never get the response. You've got a great looking drill, but it has no power. It's never going to do what it was designed to do unless you get connected to that power source. The, the, the power source that was designed to just snap right into place and all of a sudden life comes and there's, you can, then you can be productive. Then you find, oh, this, wow, this is awesome. And so, I, and I know that's a crude illustration, but our soul is made and there's a void in our soul. It's empty. And without the Lord Jesus Christ, unless we plug into Him, unless we come to Him, we will never find what we're truly looking for. There's many people out there and say, well, God, I'm going to give you a chance, but I need to do some other things first. No, what you're looking for will never be satisfied in any other way but giving your heart and life completely to the Lord Jesus Christ. You will then find what you've been looking for. You will find exactly what you're looking for. In these verses, as we read this, this is the heart of God. This call that he's making here in the book of Isaiah is a picture of the heart of God. Not only did God love you so much that he's seen as a sinner that you were doomed, that you were heading toward hell, and he loved you so much that he not only paid the price so that now your penalty is wiped away as if you had never sinned if you accept him, but then he has made it available to you, and then he stands there and he's calling to you and me, come, just look at what I've got waiting for you. What you've been looking for, it's available, and all you've got to do is come. And so it's the heart of God. Let me show you how I can tell you it's the heart of God. Not only does he talk about it here, not only is he talking about this opportunity, this, this, this gospel that he's getting ready to pour out and make his son's blood available for you and me, but Jesus, you know, last words are lasting words. Last words is when the last thing you say to somebody is the important thing. You say, now, wait a minute now, getting ready to go on this trip. But the last thing, hey, mate, make sure you don't forget this. Why? It's important. You don't talk about trivial stuff. You go through that little fine list of stuff that's important. Jesus or the, brings these same exact words up again in Revelation 22 at the very end. Here's what he says. He makes us call one more time. He tells what's coming. He's made it available. He tells about coming judgment. And then he says, come one more time. He says in verse 20, Revelation 22, 17, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the bride. Who's the bride? Jesus. Uh, the Spirit and the bride say, what do they say? Come. Come. And let him that heareth say, what? Come. And him that is a thirst thirsty, desiring something that can't do in themselves. And, it's, and, and let him that is a thirst, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Amen. He makes another call. What does he say? Come. What you're looking for is right here. It is already made available to you. And so today we're going to look at a couple of things about this fountain that he's saying to come to. First, we're going to see that you come to the fountain. And what do you find? You find abundance. You find abundance. Verse 1 says, ho. Now, some translations puts the word come here. It's a call. It's a, it's a plead. It's getting their attention. Hey! Is what it's saying. Hey, everybody. 
It's saying everyone that thirsteth, hey, I got what you're looking for. Come on over here. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Now, it's not without price because it because it wasn't worth anything. It's, it's without price because you can't pay for it. Money can't pay for it. You can't earn it. But it cost a great deal. And the price has already been paid. All you've got to do is take it. Isn't that going to be the most tremendous, unbelievable, uh, hurtful, uh, uh, tormenting thing in eternity? The multitudes, the vast multitudes of people that will be able to say, I heard him say, come. And all I had to do is partake. And it was made available. It was right there. And I walked away. It was made available. It was, he, he called me. I felt him drawing me. But I said, no. And you'll know that it wasn't because of him. So we need to see first that this is abundance. How do we know it's abundance? It says, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the plural waters. It's not talking about a little puddle of water. It's not talking about a little cup of water. It's talking about something that replenishes itself. Just like that, I've told you about that pool, that spring when we were putting in that pool and dad goes to work and tells me and, and tells mom and dad, I mean mom to tell us boys, get the five-gallon buckets and keep dipping that water, keep seeping up in the yard because we got to have some, they're going to come in with some equipment and they're going to help put this pool in, get sand and all that stuff. So we worked, I mean, for hours and only to find out, mom, every time we pull it out, it comes back. Why? Yeah. There is something, you, there is a spring spring underground that as you come up with, with five gallon it's putting it right back faster than you can pull it out yeah. it is replenishing itself yeah. that's exactly the picture that it's talking about here it's talking about abundance it's not a stagnant pool this is a this is a pool a fountain that flowing forth that is made greater than your desire no matter how thirsty you are no matter how needy you are the abundance of god's presence is still greater still you cannot tap in and, 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 and take it all because it's made abundant for you. It says to come and find water, come for joy, come for, I mean, for wine and for milk. That water is talking about come find life. That, that wine is talking about the joy you're looking for. That milk is the strength to be able to make it and to endure. It's all made for you in abundance. Yes, abundance. Isaiah's already talked about that the abundance is available in Isaiah 44, 3, he says, For I will pour water upon him that is what? Thirsty. And floods upon the dry grounds. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and thy blessing upon thine offspring. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I've got it. It's available. It's ready. All you've got to do is thirst and come. All you've got to do is find out I'm the source. So those people, if you're still looking inside, you know there's still, man, there's just, I know there's more. There is. It's the abundance of Christ and Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God. If you will tap into it, you will find what you're truly looking for. Amen. I was thinking about this, this, this source of, of untapped uh, source. I remember as a uh, young guy, I uh, went to, a, uh, I went Tyner for the first five years and then mom and dad moved us to London and they wanted to get us into Christian school so the end of the fifth year through high school I went to London Christian Academy and I remember during breaks you you got so many minutes like 15 minutes yeah. and man as soon as that break was available us guys was out the door and we was out there playing ball or something out in the yard you know, trying to get close to the streets, all the girls going down and the public school buses can see us, you know. So we're out there fooling around, getting hot, throwing, and getting nasty and sweaty and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, we would wait to the last minute 
And we were burning up, sweat, probably smelled horrible. And then the, the teachers would come out and say, come on, it's time to come back in. Well, we didn't come. We didn't go straight back to our room. Where do we go? We, went, we were fighting to see who could get to the water fountain first. Yeah. Now, that water fountain was available the whole time. But we got to it, and, it, and it, didn't, it didn't just give me six ounces or eight. As long as I would hold it. Now, you'd be trying to, come on, buddy, get out of the way. You're a camel. You try to push him away. Why? Because it's abundant. It just keeps coming. As long as you hold it down, it's going to keep flowing. Hey, and it's free because I wasn't paying for it. Somebody else was paying for it, but it was available to me. But it took me to come. I could have come got it at any time. I could have took some back to my room. I guess if I wanted, got a cup. But I'm just saying there is an abundance that if you don't watch, you'll miss it. Yeah. It's available. And there is people that is sitting there, they're famished, they're thirsty, their souls are just drying up. They know that there's more. And the Lord is saying, it's right here. I'm calling you, I'm drawing you, and I want you to have what I'm trying to give you. So we'll see that it, if you come, you'll find it's in abundance. Number two, come to the fountain and find what? Satisfaction. It's the only thing that will satisfy you. Verse two says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me. And ye, ye, uh, eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. He's saying here, look at your life. Everything you're doing is you're wasting it on the carnal things that it will burn up. They're going to pass away. I don't care what you could accumulate here. I don't care how big your bank account or how many wings you put on your house or if you've got six cars and three bass boats. It doesn't matter what you've got. None of that stuff will ever give you the satisfaction of a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. None of those things will give you the satisfaction of the overflowing of the Holy Spirit in your life. And God says, why are you wasting? your life on things that will never satisfy when I offer you what you're looking for we just the devil just says no that's not what you're looking for I've got what you're looking for but the Lord says I know what you need I'm the one who created you and I want to pour out my spirit upon you. I remember as a backslider, I remember how I tried to fill it with everything in the world and nothing was satisfied and in the back of my mind the difference I had an advantage because as a young man, as a young teenager, I'd gotten in the, in the prayer line and I'd gotten an experience at age seven. I gave my heart to the Lord at age seven and at age 12, I got the Holy Ghost. And then as I was getting older, I would go to youth camps and I would go and have, we would have youth services. And there was times when I would just get in that altar and it was real. It wasn't something made up. It, got, it was real. And so even when I got older and I started moving away and friends was leading me the wrong direction and and I was listening, falling into some different things. I knew that I was missing something. And I thought, well, I can plug this in and that'll take care of it. Well, maybe it's this. And how, how insane can we be? We know that it's only God. We've heard and we know. We experienced this. We, we've been in this before. We know that God is the only thing that satisfies. And it was tormenting to me that when everything got quiet, I remembered what it used to be like. My heart knew and God was drawing me. He was drawing me and saying, you're never going to find satisfaction until you come home. And boy, that night when I got at, when I was 21 and I got on my knees at First Pentecostal Church next to my wife and the Lord abundantly saved me, washed me from the top to the bottom. I'm telling you what, I had the satisfaction I'd been missing for a long time. Boy, when I left that place that night, things were different. Only he can satisfy. Only he. I was reading an article, I believe it's been a few months ago, but I believe it was Hugh Hefner, an ungodly man, who was a very ungodly man, who had a mansion. 
And if and from from the world standards, look at him. They probably thought, boy, that guy's got he's got everything he can imagine. He he did he took he had everything kind of like Solomon. He everything that he thought would make him happy, he had it. He had a mansion with over seventy bedrooms. And and, and he and he had he had the high life. And he tried to act like everything was all awesome and wonderful. But what you wouldn't see behind the scenes is that at night, he couldn't rest. At night, he couldn't find peace. At night, he couldn't sleep. So he would wander through those bedrooms, and he would lay on a bed, and he would lay there and toss and turn. He just couldn't rest. And he would convince himself, well, maybe it's just this bed. And he would go find another room, and that wouldn't satisfy him. He would go to another room. He had a little maid that was so worried about him. Out of those 70 bedrooms, she would wander around following him all night long. As he would leave a bedroom, she would make the bed back up in case he wanted to wander back into that room that night. And he never could find peace. He was convinced it must be the beds or something else. No, we know what it was. He was looking for something in his soul that that bed couldn't satisfy, that that money, that all, that, all those things that he had, that vile lifestyle was never going to satisfy. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We find out that we come to the fountain and we find satisfaction. Amen? Come to this fountain and you will also find life. Life. Not only just life, eternal life. Verse 3 says, incline your ear. And come unto me here, and your soul shall live. You know what that's saying to us? That God's talking already. He's saying, you're listening to everybody around you. You're listening to your own heart. You're listening to other people's hearts. You're watching those ads and trying to think that maybe that's what's going to satisfy. You're taking every bit of the advice. But if you would stop for just a minute and take your ears upward. And you would listen. You're going to find me talking and me drawing you. And what are you going to hear when you listen? You're going to hear this. Come. Come to the waters. Come and partake of what will truly satisfy you. It's made available. It's in abundance. And it's ready to go. But you have to find life. This life that we're looking for, is we, we, we see it in Romans 6.23. And this verse that we're so familiar with, we're given a choice. You, every, do you know God gives choices? He does. He ain't going to make you do anything. So here's what he offers us. He says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. So you can choose that. But, thank God for this but. But the gift of God. He's speaking, he's calling you to, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when we, before we give our heart and life to him, we're making a decision toward death. It's kind of it's like those, uh, those old, I, I was thinking about those night lights that are not light lights, those bug zappers that we used to have on our back deck next to the pool. Those mosquitoes were everywhere. And we would sit there and you would see that light, that blue light, We'd be sitting there, all of a sudden you hear, you know, all this crackling and popping, zip, zap, you know, just, all, and big bug get in it. And, and they were drawn toward that light. And we knew, don't touch that light. That light's death. But they were attracted. And that's the way they were headed. It was like, you know, like some of those cartoons, Bugs Life or something. It's like you have no choice. That's the, in, our, in our sinful nature. We are on a path to certain death. It looks like life. It looks like fun. It looks like joy. But you will never find what you're looking for. But the true life is not death because sin brings forth death. We are born with a sin nature because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And we are born with that sin nature because of who we are. 
But because of who Jesus Christ is, we are given a chance. We're giving mercy that if we accept him, we don't have to take that destination. But the gift of God is eternal life. You're looking, we're all looking for, everybody wants to have a good life. And that can only come from one thing. And it's not a 401k. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord awaits those who comes. We can only get help if we come. I'm reminded of the Old Testament. The people's sins had again gotten them in trouble. And the Lord let fiery serpents come into the camp. These, these deadly serpents was biting people. And they were dying left and right. And so the Lord, as a, a foreshadowing of the cross of Jesus Christ, He told him, you take a serpent and you make a serpent and put it upon a pole, a brass serpent, and you put it upon a pole and you raise it up. And that everyone who looks upon that, they shall live. All they had to do was look upon that and they would live. You look at that, but you would say, well, how in the world is a serpent something representing Jesus Christ? He was our sin upon that cross. When he took upon that cross, he sat there and God poured out our sin upon him. So that was sin hanging up on a cross, but it was also, it was God's mercy. And all they had to do was look. So there was people, no doubt, that was in pain and swelling up. And they was like, no, I can't go. I can't go. I'm too sick. Just leave me here. Maybe I'll get better. But they died. Only those who would look upon that sacrifice, would look upon that, that serpent, would live. And so this is the same thing. Come to the fountain so that you will live. So that you will truly live. Amen. So he makes it available to you. Number four, come to the fountain and find what? Abundant mercy. His mercy is available to those who come. Verse 7 says, I'm, I'm going to come back to 6. Verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord for he will have mercy upon him. And to our God he will abundantly pardon. That word abundantly there means to he will multiply to pardon. So he says, whatever you need, he will make it bigger and bigger and bigger so that it's greater than you. It's greater than the need. You can never exceed the abundant mercy and part. Aren't you glad you didn't come to the Lord and you ask him with tears in your face? You said, God, forgive me my sin. And he looked at you and a smile turned to a frown and said, oh, I'm sorry. You had too many, too, too many sins. I can't, you're, you're too big. You, you went too far. I'm sorry. You're too bad. No, 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 no. It says that his mercy is multiplied. His grace is multiplied. Mercy means not getting what you deserve. Aren't you thankful that God does not give you? If you come to this fountain, you don't get what you deserve. Because we're all going to stand before Him. We're all going to stand. Every single person that's ever lived will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. They will stand before the great judge. And when we're standing there, what if we had to stand there? And if you don't give your heart and life to Him and you don't come to this fountain, it says that we're going to stand there and that all of these charges are going to be brought to our, it would be laid before us. Guilty. How do you plead? Guilty. And God's judgment will have to be poured out on you. But for those who have given their heart and life to Jesus, those who've come to this fountain, they will come and we can stand before Him knowing that we deserve to be guilty like those that we've seen. But we come to Him and He looks to the page and it's been washed clean with the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And we see that all of a sudden it will say, forgiven. 
You know, we won't get what we deserve. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And he says, come to me. Pardon and mercy awaits those who come. Jeremiah 2.13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. He's saying, what are you doing? I'm offering you something that's overflowing and eternal. And he is saying that you have rejected me, the fountain of living water, and you're sitting there thirsty and parched and empty. And what I offer you is is overflow. If you'll just come to me, I'll give you mercy. I will forgive. Thank God that we have a merciful Savior. I was reading a little story about, about President Coolidge. That's way back. And President Coolidge, you would never be able to do this today because you can see how lax uh, the Secret Service must have been back then. But there was, and it took years after his death before this came out, and it said that there was a story that while he was in a motel room one night, some young guy broke in his room where he was at and was going through his pockets and trying to steal his money and stuff. Well, the president woke up. How in the world he got into the president's bedroom? I have no idea, but he got in. And so the president woke up, and he sees him going through his stuff, and he, with a calm voice, says, Young man, take whatever you want. But there's a, there's a pocket watch in that one of those pockets, and it's got a special engraving on it. It really means a lot to me. Don't take my pocket watch. Well, that man realizes <laughs> whose room he's in, and he's being caught. He is terrified because he realizes at any minute that door is going to bust open, and they're going to come, and this guy's probably going to end up being in prison the rest of his life. So the president just started talking to him and found out, so why are you doing this? And he explained to him. He said, I don't have the money to pay my hotel bill. He said, I can't even get, I need money to get back to the college. I'm a student at the college. And I was panicking because I didn't have money. And, I, and I'm sorry, I, bro, I, I shouldn't have done this. The president gets his wallet from the guy. He gets him to hand it back to him. And he gets in his wallet and he takes all the cash, $32. That's probably a lot of money that many years back. $32 in his wallet. And he says, son, Here's $32. That's all I got. Now you go pay your bill, and that'll cover you getting back to college. He says, now I want to tell you something. I want to make this a loan. I'd like for you to pay that back. Well, and he he said to him, this is for mercy. He says, now, son, you you go back out the exact same way you come in because the Secret Service is outside. And however you got in here, you go back so you won't get caught. At the end of the story is that man ends up paying him his money back. Why? He's seen mercy that he didn't deserve. Isn't that the way God does? We deserve death. We deserve God's judgment upon us. And God says, I know you did it. I know you're guilty. I see what you've done. But yet I'm paying the price for you. My mercy is more than my ju- I have to have justice. I have to- it's not that God's trying to be soft on sin. No, he poured the wrath of your sin upon his own son so that he could then say, now I can freely give grace because the price has already been paid. All you got to do is come. All you got to do is receive it. So we see when we come to that fountain, we find abundant mercy. Thank God for mercy because I'm telling you, if I got what I deserve, I wouldn't be standing up here. I can tell you that right now. Number five, I'm hurrying up. Come to the fountain and find purpose. God has a purpose in our... The enemy will tell you you're nobody. The enemy will tell you it's too late. 
The enemy will tell you, too much water under that bridge. The enemy will tell you, God's got nothing for you. God's mad at you. God can't do anything in you. It's somebody else that he can move. I can see how they can move in John and Jane and so forth, but not me because, look, i got way too many problems. i got too many things I've done. No, let me tell you something. He will give you purpose in life. Why does it say? You can, verse 8 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Thank God my, his ways aren't my ways. For as the, I, I have limitations every direction I look. Verse, verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You can't even comprehend what God wants to do in your life. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not hither, but it watereth the earth, and it maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the, to the eater. So shall my word that be that, uh, be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. But you've got to get this. You've got to come. You've got to come so that His Word can have an impact. What happens when the rivers start flowing in the desert? I mean, it was dead and there's nothing but death and, and there's nothing but destruction. And if you stay out there too long, you're gone. And all of a sudden, when that big Euphrates flows through that desert, all of a sudden, and even if they're in the, the desert, it doesn't take long. There's a, sometimes there even rain comes in some different periods. And as soon as it does, life starts bringing up. And He's saying, and in your life, you come to me. And there is purpose in your life that will spring forth once my spirit is in you. Once my power, once you yield your life to me, once you let me be the one that gives you satisfaction and joy, let me overflow you with this fountain of life that I want to give you. And then it says that I will give you purpose. I've got plans for you. You can't conceive what I want to do. Don't wait till you try to figure out what God's going to do and say, well, now I'll give you my life. No, give him your life and then see the mighty and amazing things that he wants to do in your life. A surrendered life in the hand of God is more than you can even comprehend that he can do. He's waiting. He is ready. He's available to those. He will give you that purpose. And we all want that. Our lives, we want purpose. I remember, I just, I'm, I'm, heading, I'm heading that way. Just a few more minutes. But I, on this, I just want to illustrate this just for one second. I was talking about purpose. I, uh, so, you know, you have a job. It don't matter how much you pay you to do a job you can't stand. It gets to where it's not worth it. There was, uh, there was a... a, a uh, group in California that wanted to test this theory and they took a group of people put out ads and said we are going and I'm, I'm going to make up some numbers but it was pretty high and this was years ago so this was a lot of money uh, but this was I, 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 let me let me inflate they put an ad out and says we're going to give you $50 it was 25 then $50 an hour to dig a ditch well they got a lot of applicants <laughs> yeah I'll do, I'll do it I can dig 50 bucks, that's a lot of money. So they got this big group of people. So they said, okay, $50 an hour. So they had them like half the day. They had them dig exact, uh, certain, uh, so many feet wide, square, so many feet deep, almost like a big coffin. You mean big, you know, uh, graves. Big, deep, no one of perfect. And when they got done, they said, we're done. What do you want us to do? Fill them back in. Put the dirt back in. What? Why in the world did you have us do all this perfect stuff measuring it and then you want to fill it in that's what we're paying for put the dirt back okay you're paying the bills the next day several people didn't come back so they said okay if you come back to today we'll give you 75 dollars now Woo! yeah i'll do it yeah. let me tell you let me make this long story short 
They kept doing this, raising the price, doing this, raising the price. Do you know what? After so many days, nobody come back. Nobody. Why? Because they had no purpose. They were doing all this stuff, and nothing was meaning nothing. They were digging holes only to put the dirt back in. And all of a sudden, they looked at the money. They looked at what they were accomplishing. It meant nothing because they felt like they were getting nothing done. And it didn't give them the satisfaction that they thought. That's the way our life is without the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what you accomplish. I don't care how much you've got. I don't care how big your name is. You will come to the end of your life. As Solomon did, says, all is vanity. Because he wasn't number one. And so he says, come and find purpose. Number six, there's one more. and These are quick. Uh, come to the fountain and find true joy. Yeah. Man, don't you? We all want joy, don't yeah, we? We want joy. It says in verse 12, for you should go out with joy. When you come to this fountain, you leave a different way. You'll come out with joy and be led forth with peace. I, I, just go, I, I'm going to stop on that verse right there. That, that For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Oh, let me tell you something. You can put that title slide back up. Come to the fountain and find true joy. There is a joy that fills herself. The night that I got saved. Let me tell you something. When I came into the church, I was anything but joyous. I was troubled. I was fearful. I'd had many nights where I would just lay there thinking about eternity. In fact, I'd come to church. I'd, when I'd backslid, I'd come back to church six Sunday nights in a row. Before I gave my heart. And I got to the point where I wasn't really feeling God drawing me. And the devil was sitting there saying, He ain't going to forgive you. You had too many chances. You're done. And I'd always heard Dad talk about that and preach about that. About how that door can close. And yes, it can. God can shut the door. And you can't be saved unless the Spirit of God is drawing you. I was troubled. I was fearful. And I came in in a bad way, and I didn't have joy. And, buddy, let me tell you something. That night during that service, at the end, I felt God's drawing. I felt him drawing. I looked over at my wife and said, honey, what do you want to do? I was nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. I was just I just trying to, I was hanging on the seat letting go and, and, and just, what am I going to do? I was just nervous. And I, and, and, and I said something to my wife. She said, I'll go with you go. And I said, okay, let's go. And so we got up praying. Let me tell you something. When I got down and finally after a period of time of surrender and all of a sudden, whoosh, I just this one. Hey, I got saved before, but some, God gave me something real that to where I'd remember it. And so I felt God move and God wash it away. And when I got done, whoo, I was full of joy that night. I was like, man, I gotta go tell somebody about this. I gotta go tell mom and dad what happened to me. Why? Because there is joy that will fill your soul. The Lord is what gives. This world, if you look and there is no joy, there is no peace. You look at 2020 and you will not say, see the words joy and peace. My wife has on her mantle at Christmas, she can put up the different letters, these nice uh, hangers that you can hang your stockings on. And she has love, joy, and she has peace. And she puts them up in different years. Let me tell you something. There was no joy. There was no peace in 2020. Even in this hour, there was no peace. Why? Because we've done everything in our power as a nation and as a world to push God out of our life. And that's where joy, that's where peace comes from. You'll never find it anywhere. Let me save you from searching. Let me save you from a bunch of mistakes and scars. You can only find true joy when you come to that fountain. That's right. You can only find fulfillment and joy when you come to that fountain. Number seven in the last one. Lord willing. Come to the fountain and find his open arms. Oh, isn't that awesome? Have you ever went home and you knew you were in trouble? I've had a few times. I had a few times I'd go from the church 
And they'd be like, get in the car. Where do you get home? Where do you get home? You know, that's kind of, you wait till you get home. And you got those feet. And so you're like, oh, God. And it was, you know, it was 20-some, 30-minute drive from, and I'm telling you, you have never heard, I wasn't quiet a lot of times, but when I would come, I would get down in that back dark seat, and I'd be quiet, and I was just like, oh, let them talk, Lord. Just let them talk, 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 talk. Because I don't want to see judgment when I get on. I can't wait to see that look that's going to be looking at me because he's not going to forget or she's not going to forget. And I tell you, now, so you won't think they're mean. I'm, trying, I'm beating them up because my kids will do the same thing to me. But uh, I deserved it. I deserved it. I didn't want to see that. <laughs> I didn't want to see that look of judgment. Yeah. But when we come to the Lord, we're guilty. We're guilty. He should look at us like that. He should look at us shaking his head. Why should I forgive you? Ain't you been here enough? Ain't I forgive you? Didn't I just forgive you yesterday? What are you doing? But no. We see when we come to him, at least now, the opportunity is still available. We find him with open arms, price paid, seeing ready to wash away, complete forgiveness. Nothing left to be guilty of. We see that in verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. It's saying he's available. He's available and you'll find him with open arms. There will come a day when the door closes. There's going to come a day when that last trump shall sound. And listen, it's, it's, we're on the threshold of this. And when the Lord comes back and everyone is gone and the church is taken away, and there's going to be a lot of people come and cry out, but they will not find Him available anymore. The opportunities will have passed. It'll be gone. But right now, this door is open wide and you will find Him available. To just All you've got to do is come. 2 Corinthians 6.2 tells us, For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. He's saying here, there, I'm going to forgive, but now is that time. Now is the day of salvation and mercy and grace. It's made available to you. The, the thing that I was thinking about as I was reading that was, that Samaritan woman, she didn't deserve mercy. In fact, the rest, she knew she didn't. Why was she coming in the hot? Why was she coming when the stroke temperatures outside? To where she was carrying those heavy loads and sweating uh, uh, profusely because it was because she was of somebody that the rest of the city didn't want to be around. She didn't want people to say, get away from her. She's, she's a vile woman. Do you see who that woman is? Get away from her. So she quit coming with the rest of the women. And she started coming when no one else would come of the shame that was in her heart. She had lived a vile lifestyle. She knew she was guilty. Isn't that what happens right before you come? See, the Lord has to get you in that place where you feel drawn. You feel wicked. You feel like you're guilty. Lord, I'm a mess. Lord, my life is a mess. I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, what am I? I'm, I don't think I can take this anymore. Well, that's the Lord working. The Lord's pursuing people. And God deals and breaks our heart. And God gets us to see that we can't do it in ourselves. That's when he gets. And the Lord got up that morning and he was praying early before daylight. And what did he say? I must needs go through Samaria. I've got a divine appointment with a little lady who's not worthy. But mercy's getting ready to be poured out. And he shows up and he's sitting on that. He's sitting at the well waiting for her to come. And we know the situation. Will you give me something to drink? Well, why are you talking to me? Aren't you a Jew? Yes, I'm a Jew. And they start having a conversation. And the more she talks to him, the more she knows something special about this man. And she realizes. And then all of a sudden, he blows her mind. Tells her, go get your husband and bring him back. Well, I don't have a husband. You're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five. And the man you're living with right now is not even your own husband. 
And all of a sudden she sees it. Is this the Messiah? Does he know? He knows my whole life. And yet he's sitting here saying, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me. And you vow, you're guilty, you, you, have, you don't deserve anything. But if you just ask me, you'll come. I will give you a life. I'll give you water that overflows abundantly for the rest of your life. All she had to do was ask. All she had to do was ask. And it wasn't because, and that's the way we are. It's not who you are. It's not how great you are. It's just the fact, are you, do you see you're a sinner and you come to God? Or even in our relationship, so many people, they tap in and they get that abundant mercy and grace of God. And then all of a sudden they start straying away from the fountain. They go right back to the way that you can't do it. The only way we're going to live, stay plugged into the fountain. Stay plugged into the fountain. In the closing this morning, it made me think of that chorus I heard so many times at the altar service. And you all may know this. The Savior is waiting. And it's just a perfect picture of what He's doing. He's waiting. It's available. It's awesome. It's yours. It'll be something torments billions for eternity because it was made available and they walked away. Here's what it says. The the Savior is waiting. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you Let him come in. There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to him? Here's the chorus. Time after time, he has waited before. And now... He is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. Let me just do that last verse. If you'll take one step toward the Savior, My friend, you'll find his arms open wide. Receive him and all of your darkness will in within your heart he'll abide. And it's time after time he has waited before. Thank you, Lord. And now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. If you'd stand this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. God, that again today you stand here waiting. God, you stand here waiting to forgive and cleanse. 
God, you stand here waiting to, Lord, to fellowship and to overflow and to give purpose and joy and fulfillment and peace and abundant mercy. Almighty God, Lord, you wait again. Lord, you love us so much and you call us and Lord, inside of us so many times. God, we are empty and God, we know that we're looking for more. And God, maybe we've got even in our Christian life, we stray away. And God, maybe we're just not feeling what we felt before. God, you say it's still available to those who will come and tap into the spring of living water. And God, I pray this morning by your mighty power that God, that you would move in this service. And God, even online, that Lord, you would draw and deal and move. And that there wouldn't be one person that right now their heart's beating faster. Their heart is beating and saying, that's me. I know that's me. Then today is the day of salvation. His mercy awaits. His arms are open wide. His forgiveness and mercy and love and purpose and joy and everything awaits those who will come to him and just come and surrender. Priscilla, if you would come this morning. This morning, this altar, this morning, this altar is open for any that wants to come and say, here I am, Lord. I want more of you. Lord, I come. And Lord, I'm looking for you to fulfill. Lord, I'm looking for you to abundantly overflow. I'm looking for you to do more than you've ever done before. Here I am, Lord. Overflow my spirit and soul. Have your way in my life. Hallelujah. This altar is open I ask you to come find a place get a hold of God let him have his way this morning move in this place hallelujah move holy God with your mighty power move with your Holy Spirit Lord we want more of you God we need revival God we need your mighty presence and power hallelujah Lord